Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Thanks, Annie. It's so nice being this side again. Um, morning. Like a, so we in, I don't know if you can put that picture up of my family. Um, so we're involved in Santon Congregation. I'm the assistant pastor that side under Henny and Rochelle, as Louis is responsible for this side. Um, yeah, that's my family, Mezen, my wife, and our daughter, Mika, sitting here in front, and our two boys, Azal and Joshua. They're a little bit bigger than on that photo, but it is a nice photo. Okay, so as Henny has said, we've been talking about how to be a Christian in this city, how to be a Christian in Johannesburg. What does it look like? For the past 10 weeks, we've been speaking about it out of Jeremiah 29. So if you maybe missed it and you would like that question answered, on Linktree you will find all the sermons. So you're welcome to go and listen to them. And this morning I'm going to continue um, with how to be Christians in this city. And I want to take a bit of a, I think in the past we've looked a little bit more on the individual side. How are you a Christian in this city? Today I want to look at how are we as a church, Christians, a church in this city. How are you as a small group, um, a small group in this city? So uh, I thought of an example. So... Apparently in English, it's called stalk the lantern. In Afrikaans, for everybody a little bit older, lantern begrijp. Okay, most of us have done it. Who has ever played that game on a camp? Or Okay, awesome. Okay, so let me explain quickly. So you go on a camp, school camp, or whatever camp, and then... The teachers would typically say when it's night, okay, we're going to put a little light on a hill, small hill, and then divide everybody up into teams all around this hill. And it's pitch black dark. The only thing you can see is this little light. And you don't know the area, so you don't know what's there. It's in the bush. So you have no idea, because you're looking at this little light, you can't see anything in front of you. So you have no idea of how far it is and what's the obstacles in between. So um, typically what you do is, <clears throat> sorry, typically because you don't know how far it is, you start leper crawling because the idea is to touch the lantern um, without the teacher spotting you. So you must be quiet and here you go and not be seen by them. And you're leper crawling, your whole team staying low. And your next moment you're going into a river. Or the next moment you're going into a fawn bush. Or you're going into a hole. And there's spiders. And there's, you know, you're just enjoying life. <laughs> um, but what is interesting is, after about 20 minutes, you realize, yo, this was a lot further than what I thought. I could have walked to you. But now, I'm probably really close. So now I must stay low. 
Now I must be on it. And then 20 minutes later, you realize the same thing. And, but then you can't stand up. So you're crawling the whole night. Um, so that's the image I want you to think about as we continue tonight. Just uh, if you're looking at that light and you want to get to that light, you can't see anything else around you. And you're a little bit blinded as well because you keep on looking into the light the whole time. So when you look around here, you don't see anything. So if you're going to play this game at some stage, some tips from my side. Uh, this is for free, not part of the sermon. Um, but what I like to do is uh, you take your team and then you go behind another team. So they're leper crawling and they're quiet and you're just chilling. You're walking up straight. And as soon as the teacher sees somebody, they'll put a flashlight on and go that way. So if they hear you or them, you just run back five paces and get down. And then they'll be caught. And then the teachers don't expect that you are going to come on the same route. Okay, so that was a free one. Okay. So what we are going to look at today is how to be a light in this city. We're going to look at what does the Bible say about us being a light um, in this city. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to start. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you this morning that we can be here. Thank you that we can come and hear what is on your heart, that we can come and see what is your will for us in our lives. Father, we just come and say, we are so excited to be here, Father. We are so excited to know what's on your heart. Um, we're so excited to be led by you this morning, and we're willing to change, Father, from our ways, from our ideas, from our human wisdom that's so limited. Father, we just come and say this morning, come and have your way, Father. We want to follow you. We know your plans are better than ours. Um, come and lead us this morning. We want to see what is on your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Lekker. Okay, so in the olden days, they measured the amount of light of a globe or of a torch by candlelight. These days, they use lumens. Um, but in the olden days, it was a hundred candle watt, or candle, not what, candles, candle power. It's almost like a car. We're still using horsepower. You know, your bucky is about 200, 2,000. I don't know, Harry, how much horsepower is your bucky? <laughs> but it's still measured in horsepower. How many horses would pull this thing? Um, and the same up until recently, they use candlelight. So, and that's such a nice picture for me, because if you have one little candle, then if this was pitch black dark, and I had a little candle, then everybody would look towards me, but you would be slightly uncomfortable, because you can't see what's next to you. If you're new to the space and you don't know what's around you, it's almost like crawling through the bush. You don't know. You're a little bit unsettled. But at least I have a little candle, so I'll be, I can see up to here. So at least I'm a little bit safer. I feel a little bit safer because I'm in the light. And if you add candles to it, if I gave all of us candles, it would not just be this little area around you that's in the light. The whole place, it gets multiplied, the light. This whole place would we would be able to see everything, even the roof and 
you know, further away than just a meter from yourself because we have so much light in one space. Okay. So I want us to look at John 1, verse 4 to 9. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He, no, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness have not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to be a witness about the light that all might believe through him. He, he was not the light, but came to be a witness of the light, the true light which gives, which gives light to everyone was coming to the world. So this scripture basically tells us Jesus is the light. We are in the darkness. We need Jesus. We need the light. Jesus came to help us out of the darkness, to be a light, to be that little, well, he's probably not a little light, but <laughs> to be the light on the hill that we can see. Because also if you're in darkness and you see one little light, where are you going to go to? You're going to go towards the light because you have no idea what the heck is here or what the heck is here and if you're going to get anywhere. So at least if you see a light, then you have hope. There's a plan. I'm going to go there. You know, you're drawn towards the light. Like I said, when you're crawling there in the grass, you're a little bit blinded by the light. You, you see even less than if there were no light. Because, yeah, anyway. So, so Jesus came to be that light so that we can have hope, so that we know where we're going. So that we're not in the darkness anymore. That's why Jesus came. All of us, without Jesus, is in the darkness. Okay. We also see this scripture talking about um, the darkness have not overcome it. If you put on a light in a room, you'll see some shadows. But the darkness don't have a chance. If Eskom is with you... Then you have light. You overpower that darkness. And, and the same for Jesus. If Jesus is there, if Jesus is the light, uh, Satan doesn't have a chance. The God who created earth, the God who created the sun, the moon, the light, is God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. So there are hope. We also see verse 6, that there was a man sent from God whose name was John. So John came before Jesus and he knew about Jesus and he witnessed about the light that is coming. So John, the light was not with John, but John knew about the light in the, before Jesus' time. So what is amazing, after you accept Jesus into your life, you have the Holy Spirit. You have part of God's Spirit inside of you. You have that light inside of you as well. So you have a lot more hope. John didn't have that yet, but he knew about the light that's coming. And he was witnessing about that, about Jesus coming. 
Yeah, just verse 9 again. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Okay, we're going to move to the main scripture. And this is Matthew 5. Yes, the scripture has so much in it. You're going to enjoy it. It's fun. Okay, can I have some smiles? Just, I know it's cold. Come on. Um, so let's read Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16. You are the light of the world. This is now Jesus speaking to his disciples, to his people. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But understand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. So, first word there, you. So, that speaks about, that's in the plural form. It was written in the plural form. So, it means you as a group. You as a church, you as a small group, not just individually. So you are the light of the world. So Jesus is the light, and he is commanding us. He's telling us, be the light to the world. I'm sending you to be the light in the world. You represent me. You have part of my light inside of you. Be light to the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Hidden. So the city is on the hill, and you can see it from afar. And because there's so many people at night as well, everybody has a little lamp on, um, or solar light, whatever the case may be these days. But there's a lot of light. You can see it from far away. Um, And it's on a hill. It cannot be hidden. Um, And that city talks about community. It's a group. It's... uh, it's a place where people can come to. Imagine you're lost completely. You were traveling somewhere. You lost your way in a storm. You're walking with your family. And the next moment, it's dark, dark, dark. You see there is a city upon a hill. What are you going to do? You're going to go there. And that is us as well. But in this picture, that city must be welcoming That city must be a place where people can come into, where people can run into. They were negative, they were lost, and now they have hope. I can go there. I can be part of this. I can find safety. I can find security. I can come out of the darkness and be with other people, and all of them have the lights. It's so relaxing. It's so comforting. Okay. It says... The city on a hill. So you must be visible. You as the group, you as the city must be visible for people to actually see. <laughs> Henny loves using the, the submarine Christian quote. Uh, you know, some Christians are submarine Christians. They're just underwater the whole week. And then Sunday morning, they're up there. You know, and then suddenly I'm a Christian and everybody around them is like, what? Really? Awesome. Welcome. I'm glad I didn't know that. You know? Um, So we must be visible. We can't be under the water the whole time. 
Okay, we as a group must be vis- visible. You as a small group, you as a family must be visible. Your light must shine. People must actually see it. People must actually want to come to it. Okay. We see further on, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Like I say, you can't be a submarine. Um, it doesn't help. You got saved. You have Jesus in your life. And now, it's you and God. We see clearly, Jesus is saying, when he's asked, what is the greatest commandment? Love your God with all of your heart. But wait, stop. <laughs> you can't just, what goes with this, according to Jesus, according to God, you must love your neighbor as yourself. So you can't follow God alone. doesn't work. You are saved not just for yourself, but for the people around you as well. Okay. So putting your light under a basket, that's just selfish. That's just missing God's point. I mean, Jesus gave the great commission. Go therefore, because I have all authority, Jesus said. Go therefore, make disciples. Not go and sit alone in your house. In your house, you know, um, not talk about Christianity at work because there's a policy. You know, I'm a submarine as long as I don't offend people. Um, but on Sunday, I'm going to be a Christian. Yeah, yeah, the people at church know I'm a Christian. Um, okay, so don't put yourself under a basket, don't be a basket case. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that one. I know I'm not that. I didn't think of that. Okay. Then we continue reading. It says, In the same way, let your light shine before others. Again, that your is plural. It's not just you. You can't disciple people on your own. You need people with different gifts, different abilities, different strengths, different weaknesses. We need all of that to disciple Tim. If I'm going to disciple Tim alone, I'm going to import everything I have, my strengths, my, how I experience God. And it's awesome. It's going to add value. But Tim has different gifts, different strengths. So he needs that, but he needs Henny's as well. And... Dylan and everybody else needs to bring their gifts and their strengths to help disciple Tim. Okay, so let your light shine before others. Again, we must be seen. I know Ross van Eckerk, who's the pastor in Durbanville, he did his master's on, he did too. I think the one is church leadership and missional leadership. And he talks a lot about the community. If your church has to close their doors, would anybody blink that's not in your church? Would anybody notice that the church is gone? Um, The same for us as a small group. If we talk about we are a small group in that neighborhood, God has planted you there. God has planted you in this city, in that neighborhood. For what? So that the people in the neighborhood can see your light Because you are a light upon a hill. So that they can come towards it. They can experience God. They can experience His love. I'm running in front of myself here. Okay, let's continue reading. Let your light shine before others. 
Okay, that's what I just said. People must see it. It's not just for yourself. Um, so that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. So let your light shine. So that people around you can see your good works. And so you must actually be nice as well. You can't be this Christian. I just look at people. Okay. People must want to come to the light. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes we as Christians have to tell it to our faces. Um, just be nice, you know. But also, by our good works. We need to love people. And oftentimes we as Christians say, no, I love people. I love people. But the person next to you don't experience that you love them. So it's, if we talk about love languages, we do marriage prep now with a couple of people. So, so much fun doing the love languages as well. How do people experience love? It doesn't help you understand Maybe if God calls you, if this is how people experience love, if this is how people experience um, God in you, Jesus in you, the light in you, maybe you can stand and preach on the corner. You know, if that is what is how the people come to Jesus, experience His love, experience His light, go for it. Maybe it is... I'm not going to give all the examples. I must actually keep myself from that because we're going to get to that. Okay. Okay. So good works. And the purpose of this is so that people may glorify the Father. You can be the best. I mean, Hindus are really nice people. They, they got the face. They're friendly. They're nice. They do a lot of good work in the community. But it doesn't lead to glorifying our Father. So it doesn't just help you do good works. Then you're just a good person. But you don't represent the light of Jesus. You need to represent that light. And that means we must actually tell people about Jesus. We must actually be verbal about it. And sometimes it happens on day one. We're cleaning the streets. Okay, I'll go with examples again. I'm going to stop with examples. <sighs> But maybe it's on day one that you share with them. Maybe on day two. Maybe on day three. But it is important to talk about Jesus to people. To share Jesus' light. To share why you do what you do. How you live. What is your morals. What is your values. You need to share that with people. Okay. So... When I preach, it's normally very short... And concise. So we're ending off. Okay. <laughs> so everybody is still awake. There's some smiles, so it's good. Okay. To summarize, if you can put that summary slide on for me. We need to be a collective light that represents Jesus. We have to be visible. Allows people to easily join. We must do good works and verbally share so that God can be glorified. 
Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.